This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Joe and Amber, I'm back on Joe and Amber. That was sound of me on Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max cheating on Joe Fortenbaugh right in front of his face yesterday. How was Tyler? I appreciate Tar- Tyler Fulgham for holding it down for me. How'd it go doing radio in studio with another human being? No, no, no. I don't see it like that. You got called up to the show. It's a big opportunity. All of us down here in the sewer are very happy for you. We're very I impressed. We it. were cheering you on. Working with Tyler is always a treat. He showed up in... I don't know, shorts that barely came down to mid-thigh. I looked at them, and it's like, come on, we're still working here. Oh, yeah, you know, blah, blah. It's not TV today. It's this and that. It's like, all right, let's just. You guys didn't have daily. I figured you guys were rolling straight from daily wager over to the mics like you normally do for radio. He was off for the day. So he came in, and, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. It's, it's, It's odd. It's odd to do radio in person with another human being. Who would have thought such a concept could exist? You and I did that in December. Mm-hmm. And then we have not done that since. And I haven't it's the done it since. I didn't want uh, any to be any. I didn't want your cooties. You know, I was like, you got to get me <laughs> away from this guy. We got to do it from states away from each other. We've been thousands of miles apart ever since. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance. Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance. And cover your furry friends with pet Health insurance. Weminyama is now stateside, speaking of, miles away. He was thousands and thousands of miles away from us, playing in France, living out his life there. He lived on an island in Paris, by the way. So me and Wemby have a lot in common there, Joe, living on islands. Now we have a lot in common because we are both in this country. That's where our commonalities stop. He is a seven foot four teenager coming into the NBA with just about as much expectation as anybody since LeBron James. I'm not going to liken him to LeBron. I know some people are doing that. I don't think there's the same sort of buzz that there was around LeBron and maybe in part because LeBron frankly was here. And so he was growing up before our eyes. Wemby certainly has come more on the casual fans radar. I think a little bit later, it felt like LeBron, man, it felt like we were talking about that dude from the time that he was 13 years old. Nevertheless, Wemby, a teenager now getting all the attention. It reminds me more of Zion in terms of expectations. Either way, I can't imagine shouldering the expectations coming into the league. So similar to LeBron in terms of generational talent, similar to Zion Williamson in terms of generational talent. These are three of the names that came out and in the buildup to the draft, all we heard about was how they are going to change the game. With LeBron, that has most certainly happened. With Zion Williamson, it is most certainly not. But, you know, it's been four years. We're not going to officially rule that one dead yet. In terms of comparing him to LeBron outside of that, the hype buildup's very different. We heard about LeBron much earlier than we heard about Wembenyana. And at the same time, I would liken LeBron more to like Bryce Harper. Wasn't Bryce Harper on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he was like 15 years old, anointing him the next big thing? Right. And he's delivered on it as well. So now it comes down to what to expect from Wembenyana when he gets into the NBA. If you have not watched him, we've watched him a little bit out here in Vegas. He was out here playing Scoot Henderson's, I believe, G League Ignite team. If I got some of those details wrong, I apologize. I don't follow that extraordinarily close. But they... This kid is just amazing to watch because you've never seen anything like it. He's 7'4", so you've seen guys who are 7'4", but you don't see him dribble like the way this kid does. You don't see him shoot the way this kid does. He had a crossover three-point attempt that he missed, and then he just casually went to the rim, got the rebound, and then put the dunk home. He just makes it look so easy. 
I don't know how you're going to defend him. I think it's wonderful that Greg Popovich is going to get to coach him because that's the type of guy you want him with. You don't want to see him get squandered by some clown show organization. You want to see somebody who knows what they're doing. And I think when it comes to Popovich, he most certainly does. So this this guy is... He is just going to be an absolute delight to watch next year. I hope he can avoid injury. With these tall guys, we saw it with Chet Holmgren last year. He came out of Gonzaga. He had the Liz Frank thing. He didn't play a single game his rookie year for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I hope that we can avoid injury in the case of Victor Wembanyama. We have seen 7-4 several times in the NBA. We have only seen, I believe, six guys ever taller than 7-4 in the NBA. Still, Sean he is Bradley, on the list. Manute Bowl. Who else we got? Oh, Yao Ming? Was Yao taller? Hold on, I'm, 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 uh, yeah, Yao, Sean, Ming, Yao Ming was taller. He was 7'6", so he counts. Sean Bradley was also 7'6". Manute was 7'7". Okay, so I got uh, three of them. How Murison? many did you say? T- how many? George Murison? Murison, there you go. Help George me. Murison. He was 7'7". Okay. Uh, who am I missing here? Chuck Nevitt? Not familiar. I'm not either. Uh, he was seven five. Mark Apologies, Eaton. Chuck. That didn't oh, work no, out. Mark well Eaton for you. was seven four. So yeah. So there you go. So Chuck Jeez. Nevitt would be the other name on that list. And then, the, like I said, there are several players that are seven four. But seven. In other words, he is on the list now. Wemby of one of the tallest players in NBA history, and that man's a teenager. Yeah, his game, his game looks so different. Like I rem- I'm a Sixers fan, so I remember Sean Bradley and Manute Bull very well, especially mm-hmm. Sean Bradley. It does not look like Sean Bradley. If you have not watched him play, go down the YouTube rabbit hole a little bit tonight. Help yourself. Check out some Victor Wembanyama highlights. They are absolutely sick. Watching what he can do. I mean, he doesn't even need to go up on his tiptoes to touch the rim. He's just there. It's just in there. His, in his last game in France, 25 points, 17 boards, four blocks. What I keep reading about Wemby though is just how normal and humble he is. And he's a huge star all across the world already. He's a huge, huge star in France. And every single game he played in was of course a sellout. So he's used to all of the attention and frankly he's used to the pressure coming into the league. This is something he is very prepared for. This is something he's been groomed for at this point. This is something that I think he's very ready for. But from every Everything I'm reading, he's unusual. I know, unusual. I think from from our regards, maybe from our vantage point as Americans. I know Pascal Germinet, who's a French writer and broadcaster. I was reading quotes from him where he said, "Usually, French people don't like if you're too confident. What we call as cockiness in the United States, they mm. don't like it. They see it as as sort of arrogance over there. They don't like their athletes to possess that quality. And far be it from us to offend the French. Right there, you go. But apparently, Wemby is not any of that. Apparently, Apparently people are really captivated by him because he comes across as incredibly humble and incredibly down to earth. Maybe that'll help him with what just happened with the pitch that he threw out in the Yanks game though. Oh, because he's probably, I'm, I'll say this. I'm surprised. Like if I'm him and this always sounds so bizarre, I say this all the time, but if I'm him, I'm just putting myself in bubble wrap until that official selection's made. So my contract's guaranteed. Like that, I'm not throwing out first oh, pitches. He could, he could throw out his shoulder injuries. throwing out the first pitch and he's still getting drafted. I'm sports. not risking any of that stuff. And I was surprised. That's just kind of tongue in cheek. He's been playing with his French team 
all the way up until recently. Yep. This dude had no reason whatsoever to play any basketball for the last few months. He was locked in as the number one pick. There were no doubts. He had nothing left to prove, and he continued to play. People would ask him, aren't you afraid of getting hurt? He likes playing basketball. He wanted to keep playing basketball. That's what it came down to. Awesome. Kind of refreshing when you see how things operate you know, from time to time in this country, which again, not to necessarily knock those individuals, they're making business decisions that are best for them, but it's nice to see a guy who just wants to go out and play. Well, and listen, when we have these conversations about guys like Zion, where we're questioning the commitment to the game, frankly, and the work ethic amongst with the injuries and the rumors that are out there and the stuff happening off the court, and everyone wonders how dedicated he really is to the New Orleans Pelicans organization. Maybe Wemby won't have those sorts of things going on. Who knows when he comes into the league? It's a long road for even a phenom like Wembenyama. But apparently, reportedly, you know, incredibly proud to be French. Very, very very proud to play on that team. He was in tears his very last game there in Paris that he played. I know that team meant a whole lot to him and his time there certainly meant a whole lot to him. So I think he wanted to continue to play in front of the fans for as long as he could, but now he's ours. So take that France. Now he's ours. Spurs games are going to be much watched, must watch TV Spurs games moving forward. I mean, you're going to want to see this kid right away, right from the start. He is a fascinating watch on television. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, how hard is it going to be for the Suns to actually put a team around the big three? We'll get into that next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. See Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Bradley Beal is now on the Phoenix Suns. 
He's about one of the only people on the Phoenix Suns at this point. They have something like five players under contract right now. Joe, that ain't going to get it done. They're going to need to find some sort of way to fill out that roster. How hard is that actually going to be? Find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So J.J. Redick, ESPN's NBA analyst, was on his pod, The Old Man and the Three, and he discussed (laughs) why it's going to be so complicated for the Suns to fill this thing out. What has happened with the new CBA, the, the prior amendments, I should say, to the CBA that were implemented three or four years ago, is that all of the exceptions have now gone up. So the disparity between a vet minimum and the taxpayer mid-level or the vet minimum and the mid-level have gone exponentially higher. I have a hard time believing as attractive as, of a city as Phoenix is and a, as attractive of a situation that they have to win a championship. I have a hard time believing that there's guys that are going to be lining up to turn down tens of millions of dollars to go do a one-year vet minimum contract in Phoenix. So after this trade, the Phoenix Suns have DeAndre Ayton, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and Cameron Payne under contract. That's it. Those five players. That's it. They're going to have to move on from Aiton, clear up some money, get some more players, because they have several issues with this roster right now. Number one, their strengths were that they had playmaking and scoring. So they said to themselves, you know what we need? More playmaking and scoring. Mm -hmm. And they went out and they brought in Bradley Beal. Okay, great. Now you've got as much playmaking and scoring as anybody in the NBA. What's your 3 and D situation like on the wing? Guys that can shoot the three and play defense. Uh, You don't really have any of that. What's your depth situation look like? Because that was the biggest problem you had in the postseason against Denver. You don't really have any of that either. What's your situation like from an injury perspective? Are you guys healthy? Booker was hurt last year. Durant's been hurt quite frequently. Bradley Beal's been hurt the last couple of years. Okay. Maybe the injury luck breaks in your favor and all your guys stay healthy. And maybe when those big three get to the postseason, they're able to handle the rigmarole of winning 16 playoff games and then adding in the losses as well. But you've got razor-thin margins for error. Razor-thin. If you miss a big chunk of games from Kevin Durant, what ends up happening? Do you end up with the sixth seed again? Remember, they ended up in a poor seeding position because a lot of times we're not so concerned about seeding anymore. So you drew Denver in the second round, and you ended up getting waxed in six games by them. So their situation moving forward, I think we go all the way back to the year that Gary Payton and Carl Malone went to join the Lakers trying to chase a ring. It didn't work out. You saw some older guys go sign up with the Warriors to chase a ring, and it worked because the Warriors were a built-in dynasty. They had plenty of depth. They had the coaching. They had the talent. I don't know if you necessarily have everything you need in Phoenix to get this done. This feels like a new owner making an aggressive move because he wants to put his stamp on the franchise. That's awesome. Everybody wants an owner like that. But it doesn't strike me as the move that's going to get you over the top. It really doesn't. Yeah, I mean, credit to Matt Ishbia. He's clearly willing to spend money, and he clearly isn't concerned about going up into that upper echelon of the of the luxury tax. That's clearly not an issue for him. What is an issue for him is the new rules under the CBA, like J.J. Redick was saying, because it's such a lack of flexibility. And when you go up into that upper echelon there with the luxury tax, it is designed to give you far less flexibility, and that is certainly something that is going to be plaguing this franchise. Booker Durant... Beal and Aiton, just those four players 
$162 million in salary. $162 million yep. in salary. Where are you going to go to pay other guys? Because, by the way, no one's coming to play for free. And you mentioned there the durability concerns with all of those guys. 47 games last season for Kevin Durant. 53 games last season for Devin Booker. 50 games last season for Bradley Beal. You were talking about a core three that's averaging right now 50 games a season. Now, does that look a little different with Bradley Beal in a Washington uniform? Is it a one-off there for Devin Booker in terms of the injuries? Because he is still very, very young. All of that remains to be seen. I think right now we can settle on Kevin Durant where he is in his mid-30s at this point in his career, just simply being somewhat of an injury-prone player. And so you're not going to be able to rely on him the whole time. You're going to have to load manage Kevin Durant some in order to get the best out of him in the postseason. Those other two guys, it feels like may need some of that as well. And so you've got to have some depth. You said that they got waxed by the Denver Nuggets. I don't know if I would call six games getting waxed, but I do know. You see what happened in those four losses? I believe they were all blowout double digit losses. Well, regardless of whether it's waxed or not, the issue was the depth of this Phoenix Suns team. The issue with Bradley Beal on that team is still the depth of this Phoenix Suns team. This doesn't solve that problem whatsoever. In fact, all this does is make that problem much worse. What you want to do in any situation, whether it's business, family, life, team building, whatever it may be, you want to give yourself as many ways to win as possible. When you're trying to handicap a UFC fight, how many paths to victory does this individual have? Can he win it on the ground? Can he win it with jujitsu? Can he win it if they stand in trade? Is he a one-punch knockout type of guy that has nothing else? That's what you want to evaluate. With Phoenix, how many ways do they have to beat you? Think about that as we look at the two teams that just played in the NBA Finals. Denver could beat you a variety of ways. They could get into an absolute shootout with you and outscore you. We saw that in the Phoenix series. They could get dragged down into the mud, slow pace, low-scoring series, use defense, and still find a way to get past you. We saw that in the Miami series as well as in the LA Lakers series. They could hit you from a variety of different ways. Jokic could score 40 and beat you. Jokic could score 20 and dish out 15 assists and beat you. There's a lot of versatility there. Miami was similar. Miami will beat you with great defense, but some nights they might not have the defense and they just have the incredibly hot shooting. There were multiple paths to victory. What are the paths to victory for Phoenix? Are they going to be a team that can absolutely lock you down defensively in order to get a win that way? I don't think so. This doesn't strike me as a really well-balanced defensive team. Okay, are they the type of team that can beat you in a shootout? Yes, we know they can do that because they have lots of playmaking and scoring. But outside of that very specific route, which will probably work well against a team like Sacramento, what else do you have in terms of how you can beat somebody? And if you only have one path to victory, I don't know how the hell you can be 6-1 to one to win the title with the third best odds in the NBA. I mean, Kevin Durant can play defense, but he's not going to want to exert himself or overexert himself on that end of the court, right? In his mid-30s as a player that still you think of as one of the best offensive players of all time. I mean, outside of him, you're right. Bradley Beal, he was better defensively earlier in his career. Now, many consider him a defensive liability at this point. This, pr- this team has a depth problem, and it's going to have a defense problem. And 
And now it also has a huge salary cap problem because you've got to fill out this team. You need bodies in order to do it. You're going to be trying to probably bring back guys like Damian Lee and, and Josh Akoki, Dar- Terrence Ross. They, it's non-bird rights for all of those guys. So you're talking about being able to offer those guys $2.4 million a piece. Like that's the sort of thing that the Suns are going to be offering individual players. And they're probably not going to get the kind of help that they need. It's going to be on those guys to just shoot the lights out of the ball because that's the, that's going to be the recipe to beat teams. If you're the Phoenix Suns coming up next, how worried should I be about Pat Riley, not getting Bradley Beal? We'll get into the heat. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets pizza. The number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Miami Heat did not get Bradley Beal. It seemed that they did make a deal, or an offer rather, to the Washington Wizards. The Wizards, or maybe Bradley himself. We're more interested in the Phoenix Suns. Who knows exactly what happened there yesterday? There felt like there was a lot of damage control, Joe, coming from the organization. A lot of people plugged into the Miami Heat organization, beat writers and beyond, being very, very active very, very quickly on Twitter when the news of the Bradley Beal trade goes everywhere. And the initial reaction from Heat Nation is, of course, what's happening here because it seemed like you could get Bradley Beal if you were the Miami Heat and then when you saw the specifics of how the Phoenix Suns got the Bradley Beal deal done you knew for sure that they could have gotten the Bradley Beal deal done and something obviously did not go as planned there a lot of people then are going to call into question Pat Riley was it a Pat Riley sort of failure he didn't get Kevin Durant it felt like when he went after Kevin Durant by the way multiple times but particularly this last time when apparently it came down to the Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. He ends up with the Phoenix Suns. Then Bradley Beal reportedly comes down to Phoenix Suns or the Miami Heat. He ends up with the Phoenix Suns. Another swing and a miss for Pat Riley. A lot of Heat fans not so happy about it. So was Beal the primary target for Miami? From everything I read, it was like he's number two behind Lillard. Like they prefer Lillard. 
So the damage control coming out of Miami is very clearly we're zeroed in on Lillard. And the damage control coming out of Miami also is, well, they weren't really aggressive with Beal because they were zeroed in on Lillard. They don't want to be aggressive going after the guy with the $207 million left on his contract when really they want to go ahead and maintain their assets to go after Damian Lillard. The one problem here is that Damian Lillard is not, in fact, available. And now there's some conflicting reports out there about how available he would even want to make himself. Then you get to hear from Pat Riley today, if you're a Miami Heat fan. Pat Riley, he always has his State of the Franchise, State of the Union, so to speak, address after the season. That's what he held today. Here is the Heat president discussing how they're handling the offseason. We're not going to take a wrecking ball to this thing. <laughs> Only, only some of us know what I'm talking about. We're not going to take a wrecking ball to a to a good team that had some real adversity this year. That I I felt built uh, built some strength. We have a good team and probably a great team. Running it back, yes. Doing something that could help you with that that last step, yes. If it's a possibility and if there's an opportunity without setting you back. You know, while you're moving forward, it's just onward with us. And so uh, we're going to show some patience here instead of react. They're going to show some patience here instead of react. I mean, does that sound like a man who's about to trade for Damian Lillard? Or does that sound like a man who's trying to get his fan base to calm the heck down because they were just in the NBA finals? Well, you don't want to seem desperate. If you were in on Beal, I mean, I can understand a lot of people see what was just given up for Bradley Beal, and you think, oh my God, why did we not do that? Well, again, 200 plus million on the deal, and he's got a no trade clause. Like, you're very much hamstrung by that deal. That's why Washington made it. They just wanted to get out from under it. It was that bad of a deal. So now they've escaped it. They can figure out how to build moving forward. I don't know if you necessarily want to get sidetracked with that if you're Miami. So you turn your attention to Damian Lillard. Maybe you can make that work. There aren't a whole lot of other options out there. I mean, a lot of times it comes down to you had a great run. You got red hot at the right time. And now next year, good luck trying to figure it out in a conference that continues to get better each and every season. You know, Philadelphia is still going to be strong. Not great, but strong. Boston's going to be very, very good. Milwaukee's going to be very, very good. And there's always going to be one or two teams that come out of the woodwork to surprise. A few years ago, it was Atlanta. Cleveland's on the rise. The Knicks are on the rise. It's going to be a tough conference. So I'm not sure what Miami's got up its sleeve. They have a very good team. It's going to be very difficult to try to replicate what they just did next season, though. If they don't get Damian Lillard, they don't have much of anything up their sleeve except for running back the same team that they have. And now, given that team would probably include a healthy Tyler Hero, which is something that was desperately needed there in the NBA Finals because of a significant lack of offense. Bradley Beal, of course, is a player that provides provides that offense. And I think that's why it was so frustrating from the Heat fan perspective. You were licking your chops at the thought of having that scoring coming to your team. Now, if Damian Lillard is able to come to your team, then bygones are bygones. Believe that. I mean, everybody will be thrilled and nobody will care that they didn't get it done with Bradley Beal. In fact, I think that the Heat fan would prefer Damian Lillard certainly over Bradley Beal. But if Damian Lillard's not available, because right now he is quite literally not available. If he is not available, He's not going to become available. And if these reports of him being committed once again to that organization that he's always so committed to are true, 
then it's going to feel like this massive letdown that they didn't get Bradley Beal because they could have gotten Bradley Beal for second round picks. Could I mean, not have. first round picks. Hold, hold on. Could they have? Yes. Could they have gotten second the, round picks? Look what they've got. Did. The same, if you've got the same offer on the table, do you want to keep the guy in the conference or do you want to ship him out of the conference? Oh, I don't think Washington cares. Washington's so far from being a contender. Washington just wanted to take whatever the best deal. Typically, that's a concern. I agree with you. I don't think that was a concern here. Like, you're just trying to get Beal off your books. You're so far from being a contender. I don't think you're concerned about the team that was already just won the conference. It is already in the NBA. Like, they're a contender either way. And so, are you going to be competing with them in, in the Eastern Conference Finals anytime soon? No, you know that. I think you're just going after the best deal. Okay. Now, so hold what on. that leads let me, you to let me, believe let me go is down that Phoenix had the best deal. Let me go down that rabbit hole for a second. So, it's a, it didn't take much to get him. And right. if the thought process is that they are not at all interested in making sure he goes out of conference, then why would Miami fans be upset knowing that you probably didn't even make an offer to begin with? Because if it was that easy to get Bradley Beal and you didn't do it, then why is anyone upset to begin with? Oh, no, it seems like they did make an offer. There's two possibilities They couldn't beat here. that offer? It was being reported, yeah. It was being reported that they made an offer. And, and some of the beat writers were saying they weren't very aggressive. So this was a Wizards decision. Like, they weren't aggressive. And my question is, how much less could we have possibly offered for Bradley Beal? Well, yeah, when you look at what, like, how much? So, it, yeah, it's like, there's a few possibilities here. Either Washington really didn't want to take on Kyle Lowry because you know he was part of that part of that offer. I would imagine the Heat were just so far ridiculous that they just like literally didn't offer anything. They're like, hey, we're not going to give you not even no no pick swaps, no second round picks, like I, just nothing. We're going to give you air and you give us Brad Bradley Beal. I guess maybe that's the other option here where the offer was just so much better from Phoenix. The third option is also one that's not going to make the Heat fan happy, and it's that Bradley Beal wanted to go to the Phoenix Suns because he did have a no trade clause and so he controlled his own destiny maybe he's the one who decided he liked the prospect of playing in phoenix better than he liked the prospect in playing of playing in miami i think what this really comes down to joe if i'm from the outside looking in and also my familiarity kind of with that organization and and having seen this now time and again is uh, Mickey Harrison's not an owner, and, and Mickey Harrison's a great owner. I'm not saying this to disparage Mickey Harrison. Obviously, it's a great organization, and I'm a diehard Miami Heat fan. Mickey Harrison does not like to go up into that luxury tax, and he certainly doesn't like to go up into the upper echelon of that luxury tax. He ain't Matt Ishbia. It's just the reality of the situation. I don't think they wanted to spend. I think that was the problem here. Not that they didn't want Bradley Beal's services because he would have probably been that missing link that puts them over the top in terms of a championship. And if Damian Lillard isn't an option, then they're going to desperately wish that they had Bradley Beal. They find themselves in a similar situation again at the top of the Eastern Conference. However... Mickey didn't want to spend the $207 million that's left on his contract. Mickey didn't want to find himself in that situation paying the luxury tax on top of it. I don't think there's any reason to doubt it or criticize it. Look at the last four years working backwards for the Miami Heat. They lose in the NBA Finals. They lose in the Conference Finals. They lose in the first round. They lose in the NBA Finals. They've been wildly successful the last few years. That's what you'd hope rings. for if you're a fan of the team. Like, if you're Phoenix, okay, you're excited now that you've got this big three, but... Brooklyn was really excited about their big three not too long ago. That was an abject failure in every possible regard. It was a complete and utter failure. The first year, Durant can't play because he's hurt. All right, that's not a failure. But then you end up with James Harden. That doesn't work, so you bring in Ben Simmons. He never really even plays for you. Everyone ends up getting traded out. It couldn't have gone worse. 
So it can look really good in the month of July when no one's playing any basketball and you're looking at it all on paper, but eventually people are going to want to see results. And Phoenix last year didn't really have the results. The moment Kevin Durant landed with that team, they became the favorites in the West, and people were talking for days about how dominant they would be. They didn't get past the second round. So before anyone gets too excited about Phoenix and too down on Miami, I would trust the organization that's proven to get it done the last few years over the one that's swinging and missing time and time again. Well, and it's fair. They have found themselves in two NBA finals in the last four years, but I've also just watched them lose three NBA finals in a row. And so as a Heat fan, you know you are so close. I think it's what makes it worse almost. It's like, we are there, we are there, we are there, you know? And yet I'm watching lose the NBA finals, lose the Eastern Conference finals, lose the NBA finals. And of course, in LeBron's last year was the one before that that I was referencing with another loss in the NBA Finals. You've gotten used to losing when you're so, so close to winning that elusive ring again. And it's been a while now since they've won one. And we know how fan bases get. They get greedy. Joe, like this is an excellent fan base. They've got multiple rings. They've got multiple banners up in the arena. You get greedy because you get used to the winning. And the Miami Heat fan base has certainly gotten accustomed to that over the years because it is such a good organization. And when you are so, so close and you know you're right there and you're in the finals and you just need a little bit more scoring, just a little bit more to get past that Denver Nuggets team, Bradley Beal would have done that. Bradley Beal would have won that ring if he was on. Yeah. Oh, okay, was on listen, his, there's, there's so much of this I can just listen saying. to before I'm just going to step in and say no. Like, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not going to do the whole Miami was so close. Had this gone their way, they would have won. They lost in five. That's and literally have lost in five one game away had, from the bare minimum. There is nothing else to the, say. The only you got to tip your hat to Denver, and you got to move on with it. There's no more of this. It could have worked out. It could have been this. They got knocked out in five. It wasn't competitive. It's not their fault. Denver was just that good. Also, Tyler Hero was not available. And Tyler Hero is a 20-point-per-game mm-hmm. sure. scorer. Had Tyler Hero been available, maybe a different story. Some people don't feel like Bradley Beal is that much better than Tyler Hero, where he's worth the $207 million that you would have to have on your books for Bradley Beal. Coming up next, it's your turn to weigh in. They're, they're shaking me off. James is shaking his head. He's disgusted with my It was existence. going so well, and then it just had to get ridiculous. Did you hear her talk herself out me, of Bradley Bill there? I did yeah, not. It was like, you know what? We don't even actually know. as Tyler Hero. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, you know, I mean, Tyler Hero, the, if his hand hadn't been broken, he's a lot mm. cheaper than the $207 million that would be on your books. North of 30 for Bradley Beal. Tyler Hero is a lot younger. Coming up next, your turn to weigh in. You know what? I don't even want Beal. Maybe I don't need Lillard. No, no, no. I need, I actually, no, I still need Lillard. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'll stop talking about the heat. You take over now. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Opening up the phone lines to you here on Joe and Amber, Triple Eight, say ESPN. If you want to join the conversation, we've talked about a lot on tonight's show. CP3, where's the best spot for him to end up? Wemby, how much pressure is on Wembenyama coming into the league? That first pitch that he threw out tonight, the Yanks game, not such a pretty one. We'll give it a pass, though. We'll give it a pass. He's seven foot four, teenager. Uh, we'll give it a pass. He'll, he'll learn to pitch. He has plenty of time to learn to pitch in his uh, high-profile basketball career here. No, it was really bad. It was, it it was, was horrible. It was honestly, it was really bad. And then Triple did, eight. 
Did you see what that he threw the ball after? He threw the ball into the stands after. Oh, no, I didn't see that. And he ripped it. It was like a line drive. Just ripped it. See, that's I like that because I don't want to see anyone on earth, male, female, parent, child, anybody. I don't want to see anyone on earth have that much success. You get a lot of success in one area. I want to see you human somewhere else. One thing I hate about Bradley Cooper is that he checks every box and then he always goes on talk shows and he starts talking French or he does some little thing you didn't realize he had. And it's like, you know what? It's like, what? Get this guy off the TV. Enough is enough. You can have nine out of the 10 things. You can have fame, fortune, career success, good looks. You can check all the boxes. Don't show up on Letterman speaking French. I don't want to hear that. Get out of here. <laughs> That's what did it for you. That, that was, there yeah, that was not Bradley Cooper. Cooper. It's not it's anger. Ex- it's the world, there has to be balance. If Wembenyana goes out and he has a terrible first pitch, I'm not making fun of him. Good. You're just like the rest of us. You have some flaws. Now go out there and kill it with the San Antonio Spurs. I'm rooting for you. But if I see someone just every it's always they always look good. It's always success. Like Tom never Brady, a what's Tom Brady's big flaw? <laughs> I Everything. don't get me started on that guy. I, I don't have enough there's not enough time left in the show to get in the Brady situation. <laughs> Triple H say ESPN. Maybe you want to get into the Brady conversation. Let's play some caller roulette. Thirteen black odd. No winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play Call a Roulette with Joe and Amber. And Brady doesn't eat strawberries, I think, right? And tomato. I mean, that's a little weird. The guy has avocado ice cream, and he lives with insane discipline. Good. Every now and again, how about this? Relax. Why are you getting plastic <laughs> surgery? You're already a good-looking guy. Hold on. Hold on. We don't know that's for sure. Do you have eyes or do you not have eyes? You know what? I have eyes, and some people just age gracefully. Look at me. Let's head to the phone line. You You are aging very nicely. As you approach your 50s, you're aging very nicely. (laughs) Triple H, how dare you? Yikes. Mathematically, that's a correct statement. You you know what? I'm just going to start telling. That's true, actually. I'm just going to start telling people, though I think that's actually the key to looking great, is just tell people that you're older than you are. Like, if I tell people I'm 50, I look amazing. Oh, I my God. Amber's 40, 50? Like, that's insane. Right? That's probably insane. All right. Triple H, say ESPN. Terrence. Terrence is our friend from Georgia. He calls every night. Terrence, I'm sure, looks excellent for his age. Hey, Terrence, thanks for the call. What do you have tonight? Uh, guys, first, two things. One, CP3 would fit very well with the Knicks because he's old enough. That's number one. Number two, the reason why the uh, NBA East does not want to deal with Pat Riley because Pat Riley always manages to fleece them. And yeah, that's that's my take. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do a deal with Riley. I would much rather do a deal with Phoenix. Send him out there and let them figure it out. If it works out fine, it's in another conference. It's not your problem. You deal with Riley and he makes you look bad. I don't know. And the guy that's making the decisions right now for Washington is new. I think this is his first year getting to be the full-on decision maker. So he's probably not looking to make any, well, I mean, you know, a lot of people wonder, I'm not going to get into it. It, it, Whoever is responsible for all this, they should have I would agree with you if, I would maybe agree with you that there's some intimidation around the league when it comes to Riley. When you're talking about a real deal, it's just that they didn't have to give much up at all for Bradley Peel, right? I mean, and, and they weren't looking for much in return for Bradley Beal, the Wizards. So it wasn't one of those deals where you were going to get fleeced. You were getting fleeced either way. I mean, you were giving away Bradley Beal for essentially nothing. 
You were getting fleeced any way you cut it. And the reason you were getting fleeced wasn't because the other general manager was doing anything spectacular. It's because you decided to give him a guaranteed $207 million with a no-trade clause, which was the real big problem there in Washington. Larry is in Atlanta. Hey, Larry, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, thanks, guys. And I'm sure you guys all look great for your age. Um, look, <laughs> real quick, why, why are we not even addressing the situation with Bartlestein Beal's agent and Bartlestein, the GM? I don't see how that deal gets done anywhere else. I mean, that seems to me like to be a bit of an elephant in the room. What do you guys think? I, I actually don't think that matters as much. I know people are making this big deal about it. The agent still owes a fiduciary duty to his client either way. It doesn't matter if his son's the general manager of the Phoenix Suns. I'm sure that relationship helps maybe in terms of just communication or, or hey, you know, I'm obviously I have a relationship with the organization. They're going to do good things up there. Fine. But I don't think it's like his agent's going to push him towards the Suns. Because his son is the CEO also. Like, the C- nobody's going to an organization based on, frankly, even the CEO. It's just I don't, not how it works. He's there I don't because Devin Booker with, and Kevin Durant are there. That's why I don't there. bother with any of this stuff. When it comes to nepotism and all this, why bother with it? Biden's kid, Trump's kids, everyone's running free. Everyone can get away with whatever they want. You can't stop any of it. What, what the hell's the point? Joe and Amber, the Phoenix podcast. For this reason, that reason, I'm not getting involved in it. I just don't you think... You like that? I got the politics in it. This yes, yes. is the Joe and Amber podcast. I know, podcast. and I'm, I, every time you do it, I'm like... like you have the to, the look on anything. your face, the look on your face, I always I always mention both parties. No one yeah, can you get just, upset. You have both to say parties. the name of a Democrat and a Republican, right. and then throw like a Libertarian in there. Just start naming politicians left and right. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.